Are we just too America-centric for our own good? This is The Next Step, episode number 779, July 28th, 2023. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to The Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgen. With these podcasts, Father Vazgen provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties, based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord, Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and, of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step. Well, welcome to another next step as we look at the world through the eyes of ancient Armenian orthodoxy, tweaked for the day, an armadox look. I wanted to just start off with that because uh, yesterday on our daily messages, we did a little special one about the Beatles. There's a Beatles pub in Yerevan that we stumbled on, literally stumbled on, because we had gone to the Zoravor church. And uh, there's like a little alleyway, and we got out, and we looked, and there it is. It's the Beatles pub. And it occurred to me that there were four pictures, John Paul, George, and Ringo. And later on, I, I looked at it, and it's actually Ringo, Paul, George, and John. It's in that order, which is an unusual order. But it occurred to me that these four icons, right, they're pictures, they're icons, right? These four icons are probably the absolutely best known, most known, internationally recognized icons in the world. And when we talk about Armenian Orthodoxy, the least known, okay, you got to bring them together. And I think we did. So I would love to hear from you. I've already gotten quite a bit of comments from yesterday's show, but I would love to hear from you next steppers who may not be listening to the daily messages came out yesterday. And I'll put a link on today's show notes. It's it's called Here, There, and Everywhere Appropriately. Today, I want to talk to you about something that that I, I think that we're at a point right now where we have desperately, desperately got to take ourselves more seriously. I'm not going to say a little bit more seriously. I'm not going to say look at the world and ask the world. I'm going to talk about taking ourselves seriously. And I'm talking about the um, the blockage to Artsakh. And uh, this I, I've spoken about many times a few weeks ago. I, I really focused in. But this week especially kind of irritated me. We had a meeting with the United States State Department. And I, I, trust me, it wasn't at my calling. I would never have called something like this. But it was our, our diocese had called this meeting, and it was very nicely done, nicely orchestrated. It included the different, different clergy, the different uh, Armenian churches. Let's say it that way. I, I want to say it's not really – there's a few denominations, but it's the church. So diocese, prelacy the Catholics, and the Protestants. Now, the the diocese was there. It was organized by the diocese. The prelacy sent over some of their 
uh, priests, but not their bishops. And uh, yeah, it's like a game of chess, right? Who are you going to be sending out and everything? And of course, the, the Roman Catholics were invited, but I don't know. None of them showed up. The Protestants were there. And we met with the State Department on a Zoom meeting. And it was very, um, very intense. I think the plea that was made by Archbishop Hovnan, who was really the organizer of this whole thing, was it, it was so sincere that it, it, it left me wondering, like, how could anybody not react to this? And that's what I want to share with you today. How could you possibly stand there and let this happening? And basically what he what he brought it down to is a genocide, a repeat of genocide. Genocide means the purposeful act of trying to annihilate a group of people sanctioned by the government, and that's what's going on right now. There is a blockade preventing uh, food, preventing medical supplies from reaching the 120,000 Armenian population of Nagorno-Karabakh, which we in Armenian refer to as Artsakh. And uh, we, we met with them. I, I'd say there was about 25, 30 of us on this call. And we met with uh, Representative Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State of the United States. And he was there and he answered the questions very diplomatically. In, in fact, at one point he even admitted, he said, this is a quote, I wrote this down. One of the first lessons that we learn in junior diplomat school is don't answer hypothetical questions. Eh, good for him. You know, he, he's saying, I'm a diplomat. I'm not going to answer your questions. And basically, it's the question like, how long will you wait? At what point do you say enough is enough? At what point, America, do you wake up? And he, he said a few times, he said, the long-term solutions must be between Armenia and Artsakh. Very straight out. Something that we know, something that we keep going to other people to solve our problems. This is not anything new with Artsakh. This goes back to the time of Hrimian Heidegg at, at the conference in Berlin. He says, what are you guys talking about? You guys are sitting there with uh, your papal paper ladles trying to reach into this porridge trying to get a piece well that ladle's going to crack it's going to it's going to wilt it's not going to be able to pick up this 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 weighty porridge he's using the metaphor of the porridge headies actually uh, to to tell us that you know what we're talking about is very weighty and you can't just deal with it by talking like well America's got to do something about it. The Russians are over there. Russians got to do something about it. I mean, at the end of the day, how many times do these, how many times do we have to learn the lesson that these people have their own lives? I mean, when they can't do anything about Ukraine right now, do you think that they're going to go into Armenia, into Artsakh? Anyway, it was a good, uh, it was a good meeting because it was a meeting. <laughs> And at least it was said. But I'm telling you that I was left just totally um, disappointed, not with the answers. I was disappointed with ourselves that we're still at this point of asking others, asking others to to look at our situation. And uh, you know what? It, it wasn't just the church. It's everybody. Everywhere you look, this is what's going on. So much so that... 
Serge Tonkin, and those of you know what I how I feel about music, how important it is, and I know, in fact, like I said, listen to the one that I did yesterday. I mean, the importance of music, and here's Serge Tonkin, System of Down fame, and uh, no, arguably uh, one of the great ones on the scene today as far as what he's recording and doing now. So he, he reaches out to Peter Gabriel and the sort, and he says, you know, let's write or let's sign a letter saying that, you know, we oppose what's going on over there. And, uh, yeah, Peter Gabriel signed it. A few others did. And they got some publicity on Spin. Spin, do you know what Spin is? Yeah, it's a it's an industry music industry magazine. I think it's electronic. It used to be, um, it it used to have a, a presence. We used to read it. I don't know if it still does, but I do know it's it's electronically available. Spin, and um, yeah, it showed Serge and uh, and a few others, Peter Gabriel included, that you know they oppose what's going on in Artsakh and calling for humanitarian aid to reach there. Now, Serge is not stupid. He's a smart man. He's much smarter than than I'll ever be in far as business. So he knows what's going on, right? And he knows that they're not going to answer. But what was the purpose of this? I don't know. I hate to say that it was for personal ends, and I don't want to say that. But what is the purpose? What, what what are we doing? What is it that you go out there? I mean, you know, I grew up in a generation that understood protest, and we protested things. When I grew up, we had Martin Luther King. We had the Vietnam War. We had uh, civil rights going on. But Martin Luther King led that civil rights movement. And those of you who know this ministry, it's really based on a, a lot of that. But the entire idea that he sat in America and protested was because America was the one who was the oppressor. I mean, the protest was against America. So it makes sense. You come into America and you protest that civil rights are being abused and you protest right here. But to sit in America and protest about something going on on the other side of the world, the real protest should be done in Baku. It should be done in Ankara. But we don't dare to do that. We don't dare because we can't. We can't do that. But that's where the real protest has to be. Not in America. America has their own problems. And, and you know, how many times have we said we've got to get out of the way in a sense? Because there are so many problems. There are so many issues that are going on. And the American people, they look at it and they say, what, Artsakh? What are you talking about? Yeah, maybe on the two coasts between western and east coast, you've got people who understand. Most of the most of the United States does not even understand what Armenia is. And we sit there and we talk about the rights, humanitarian. And it, it makes me question, you know, why are we doing this? The... And, and I'll tell you what, what, as I was sitting through this meeting, the protest in me was percolating, if not boiling. Because I looked at it and I thought to myself that, you know, here I am a priest of 40 years. 40 years ago, I would not have tolerated this. I would not have tolerated this. There's a word in Armenia, 
I would not have tolerated this kind of talk. I would have just blurted out. But I sat there and I listened to this Zoom meeting and I sat there and I said, okay, what am I going to say? You're not going to change that guy's mind. He's telling you, I went to diplomat school and in diplomat school they told me don't answer things that are hypothetical questions. The hypothetical question, at what point, what, what happens if the Azeris escalate this and do something? What are you going to do at that point? I can't answer that, he says. Yeah, okay. He's telling you. He's telling you how many times. What's the saying? You know, hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, shame on me. That I believed you. That I believed that you'd be with me. And here we are again. There was a blockade and just uh, yesterday, the 27th, what is today? Yeah, yesterday. A convoy of trucks uh, were sent to Artsakh from Armenia, uh, taking food, supplies, and medicine there. And as of this morning, that convoy of trucks were still standing at the border, at the Luching corridor. And somebody got up from Belgium and said, you know, you got to let them through. The American Red Cross is there and the Red Cross, International Red Cross, excuse me. And they're saying, you know, you've got to let it through. They're taking a few people across the borders. And, and this is all beautiful. It's like, you know, small little steps, which is perfect. You've got to do that kind of stuff. But the general feeling that people have is that somebody's got to step in. Why? How many people are willing to step in? themselves and this idea that Russia France Italy the United States are just waiting to help out I don't know I I hope I'm wrong but I'm telling you (laughs) there's so many other things that they're going to be stepping into they're not going to be stepping into this one the only people that are going to be able to take care of this are the Armenians themselves And this is where we need to start believing in ourselves, believing that we have that power. And so what I've been preaching and what I've been sharing with you is that, okay, let's leverage the power that we do have. Archimedes is telling you, you know, I could move the world if I had to, if I had a leverage and the fulcrum where I'm going to put that lever. It's basic physics. So let's leverage what we do have. Let's leverage the things that we do have. And that's a lot. That's a lot right now. But we keep backing off. And, you know, yeah, you're going to say, okay, well, what are those lots? Lot is our faith. Our faith, believe it or not, on the world level, on the international scale. People look at Armenia and there is a unique reverence, and respect for the faith that we have. Now, don't look at it as Armenians. Armenians, yeah, you're going to look at yourself. You can say, what? Us? Yeah, us. I mean, this is just like a month ago. We were in Armenia. We're going through these historic sites. We're going through. I went through Karahun. It's not even a Christian site, but it's a faith site. It's about faith over there. It's about 5,000 years before Stonehenge. And here's the world. The world has no idea of what we got over there. 
We went to Khorvira. Yeah, <laughs> be surprised. There's Armenians there. But there's also international tourists who are just coming and they're eating it up. They're saying, wow, somebody actually lived here. You're at the base of Mount Ararat, a mountain that doesn't uh, geographically is not in your border. And yet, you know, that's your that's your mountain. Everyone there knows it. I met with Koreans. I met with Indians from different uh, countries. They're there. People understand this. When you go to any one of the Armenian monasteries and you just take one second to say, how, what is this? Like, how did these stones get on top of one another and form this beautiful structure? How did this happen? When you look at it, that's when you realize that, hey, there's something more here. And our, our challenge is to tap into that something more. That's what the next step is about. The next step is to take a step into that into that world. And that's what we try to do. And I'm going to be on this soapbox. This is what I'm going to be talking about. Because this is what I've always talked about. It's the, the idea that we can bring about peace. Because our focus, if you look at what Christianity is all about, the day Jesus Christ was born, he said it, the angel said it, peace on earth and goodwill towards one another. That's it. It's not more complicated than that. So how do you bring about that peace? Well, let's have goodwill towards one another. How do you have that goodwill? Let's start understanding. Let's walk in the shoes of others. Let's start understanding their pain. And then at that point, start ripping apart some of the hatred, some of the intolerance, the misunderstandings that exist between us. Let's take a break right now, okay? And we play a song every week, something to give us a little bit of time to digest what's been said and kind of think about all the dynamics that are at, at play. This is what I selected for this week. Enjoy.
selection off of the Divinities album by Ian Anderson. This is In Defense of Faiths. This is an album that Ian Anderson put out many years, I I want to say at least about 25 years ago. It's called Twelve Dances with God. And this one called In Defense of Faiths kind of give you an idea when they got that little S at the end. Faiths, eh, what are we talking about? Anyway, uh, the the entire album is fantastic. I'm going to have a link on today's show notes. Do check out this album. Check out all the wonderful music by this genius of music, Ian Anderson and uh, and Jethro Tull. Uh, they're going to be in concert here in Southern California. We're debating whether to go into the Greek theater or we may have an opportunity to see them either in San Diego or, of all places, Saratoga. There's a neat place, Northern California. So we're still in the debate stage, if we do that at all. But it would be uh, – it's our annual pilgrimage to see some great um, – musicians and here's some incredible music i'll have a link on today's show notes do check it out Welcome back to the second half of the next step. Let's start off with the word Anthropocene. How's that? $20 word? (laughs) Five years ago I spoke about this, Anthropocene, and it's in the news right now. It means related to or denoting the current geological age viewed as the period during which human activity has been the dominant influence on climate and the environment. And if you are anywhere in the world, as I am right now in the Northern Hemisphere in particular, you know that is a scorcher right now. It is very hot. And there are people who are uh, who are saying that's because of the climate change. Scientists are saying this one way. There's a lot that are denying it. And, uh, oh, it's impossible. It happens all the time. I don't know. It's very, very hot. But let's not go into that debate right now. Let's talk about what we've been talking about. I said a few minutes, I alluded to it earlier, about how when we talk about all things Armenia and uh, Artsakh in particular, we, we get the idea that somehow everybody knows about it. And you've got really basically your your two poles here in the United States, the east, eastern pole and the western pole, so to speak, the the two coasts that are more alerted to sort of international uh, stories such as this, primarily because there's Armenian populations in this area. Like, for instance, Los Angeles holds one of the largest Armenian diasporan populations, and so people know about this. But you go out a little bit farther out from Los Angeles, and very few people know what not only Artsakh is, but what is an Armenian. And this is like the idea that we have, and and this is why I was saying about Serge Tonkin going out there and talking about it, and, and Peter Gabriel getting out there. Though that's great that you're building awareness, but to which audience? You know, an audience that reads Spin magazine, like they're going to, like, uh, what are they going to do? I mean, are, do you think that people in Azerbaijan care what Peter Gabriel or Serge Tonkin believes? Do you really? Do you really think, like, the places where you can influence? 
And I want you to go back a little bit farther than just the last few years. Let's go back a few hundred years, okay? And think about like how when we used to believe that the earth was at the center of the universe and everything revolved around us and then you got your 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 scientists coming in and they're telling you no wait a minute we are going around a galaxy and the galaxy is going around a universe and now we're telling people that wait these universes can be going around the metaverse and we're we're always we're in just this constant motion being drawn by gravity from here and there and that's the evolution of thought that began with Copernicus, developed by Galileo, and continues on till today, astronomers looking up at the heavens and making their computations, and we, we evolve. And the mistake we make a lot of times is you think that everyone is evolving at the same pace. And this is what I was saying earlier. You know, you kind of have this idea that people understand what's going on in the rest of the world. And yeah, one of the ways that you can make them understand is you could give them lessons or you can become examples. And I think that the example method is far more effective. We just don't apply it because it's easier to talk about it. When we go out there, you know, one of the greatest uh, moments that I have every month when we go out to to feed the homeless, you have people who come up and they ask you, why are you doing this? Why are you leaving the comfort of your home tonight to come out here and feed us? And it's the perfect segue. Yeah, it doesn't always happen as nicely as this, but it has happened more often than not where they'll ask you and you have this perfect segue to say that, well, you know, 100 years ago we were homeless. But yeah, you're looking at somebody who was homeless. My, my grandparents were homeless. They were forced out of their country. And I, there's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that. But I know what I can do now, and that's to help out others, to help out those who are going through what my grandparents went through. And I, and only wish, only wish that we had somebody do this at that time, but nobody did. That doesn't mean I'm not going to do it now. Well, you didn't help me, so I'm not going to help you. Yeah, what kind of attitude is that? It's the attitude of getting up and, and saying that, well, I, I am a citizen of this world and I have something to do and I'm being moved, motivated because of my past. And we have that within us. We have that capacity. And, it's, and what I'm going to suggest to you is that it's the only thing that really makes sense at this point because we are such a small, 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 small group of people. So what's the only way that you could effectuate change? It's by leveraging it. Leveraging. Remember what I said a few minutes ago, right? Archimedes. Give me a lever long enough. Give me a fulcrum where I could place it. And I can lever. I could move the world. Well, think about it. What did Jesus say? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to get up and move. Now, is he talking figuratively? Is he talking metaphorically? What's he talking about? Think about it for a moment. What difference between that and what Archimedes said? Archimedes said it hundreds of years, if not a thousand years before Jesus said it, and we listen to it and we go, oh yeah, leverage, fulcrum. Jesus says it, and he says it in a beautiful way. Have the faith of a mustard seed. 
And you could say to this mountain, get up and move. And it will. There was a movie a few years ago. It came out, Little Boy. If you ever get a chance to watch a movie, that's a beautiful movie to watch. It's about somebody who has that little faith and just so happens as he's thinking of moving that mountain, an earthquake takes place right at that moment, you know. And it's interesting because um, it also has to do with uh, Little Boy. I think Little Boy was the name of the of the bomb that fell on uh, Nagasaki or Hiroshima. Yeah, sadly, it's been 75 years since that event, and this is how we're still talking about resolving our situations, our lives. No, I didn't mean to go in that tangent, but um, we did. And it goes back to this word that I shared with you earlier, Anthropocene. Now, Anthropocene's, this is like our influence on the rest of the world. Well, think about it for a moment. Think about what is our influence. Human beings' influence. We, we talk about climate change. We talk about climate warming. Imagine now if we could influence good. If we could influence doing the right thing. If we could influence the changes that we want to see in life. Imagine if we can be that influence to change the world towards good. I mean, if you could do it for the environment, you could certainly do it for for human beings. And this is what the Anthropocene uh, conversation is about these days, that we as humans are influencing our environment, are influencing our, the, the world around us. Well, think about it. If we can do that for our climate... Why can't we do that for people? Why can't we be the influence on people? So that people looking, like Jesus says it so beautifully, have people see your good works. Have them see it. So they know what you're about. They know what Christianity is about. Christianity is so stuck on telling people where we're going to go and who's going to heaven and who's not going to heaven that we've bought into this idea that has been brought over to us by the Jewish people. This is really what we have in the Old Testament, right? This Old Testament theology that certain people are better than other people. Certain people attract the favor of God. And Jesus came to do away with that. He says, no, it's not about chosen people. It's not about one people being better. Who is my father's family? Who is my family? Who hears the word of God and do it? What is the word of God? Love people. Take care of people. Think about it. It's not about where you were born, who you were born to. It's not about what's in your blood. It's about what are you doing about it right now? This is the invitation that the Christian has. The Christian has this invitation to look beyond and see themselves as a member of this world, of the world community. As a world community member, who's your obligation to? The world, right? It's not about chosen people. It's not about your people being better than others. And by doing that, what happens? All of a sudden, others see the goodness in you. And they see that it is a working religion. This is what I was this is what I was alluding to a few minutes ago, right? 
We always talk about it. We talk about how great we are. Our faith is really good. Okay, do something about it. Right now we have a a horrific situation going on in the world. The ones that we know about are Ukraine because it's on the top of the news. We have a horrific situation which is nearing genocide in Artsakh. We have a horrific situation in Sudan, in Darfur. We have these genocides that nobody really cares about well, because Africa's off of our radar, just as Armenia's off of our radar. And this comes from because our radar is stationed right in the center of our universe. It's centered in the Western world. Go beyond it. You know, that was one of the big differences we found in, in uh, Armenia. We were there for a few weeks, and in the mornings when I'd get up and I'd watch the news, and you had an assortment of channels coming in from the Middle East, Al Jazeera, of course, big time. You have channels from uh, from the Euro- Europe. Of course, Russian television is big time over there. And you start seeing that, hey, wait a minute. What we get in the West is really kind of bizarre when you think about it because we, we talk about, like just, just yesterday's news, Sinead O'Connor, right? Tragic death. At age 56, she died. And they're speculating because her she had mental illness because her son committed suicide like a year ago or died a year ago and everything. So they're speculating on what her death is. And very, very, very sad news story. And this was, this preceded anything that was coming out of Ukraine, which is also sad news. But the next news item is what? That the American soccer team, (laughs) what the American soccer team did compared to what was it, Brazil or Argentina and everything. And and you're listening to it and you're going, what? Wait a minute, the soccer team and... What are we getting excited about? Did, weren't you just crying a minute ago that here's a poor woman who was misunderstood by the world? She sang a beautiful tune and she was misunderstood. Well, that's all of our news. Everything is gets it's filtered. It's like going into a cemetery when you've had a death in your family, right? The first thing they do is they try to distance you from the sadness. You're sad. This is a mother, this is a father, this is a relative, this is a close one you've lost. And they try to whitewash it. Let's celebrate life. Yeah, okay, I do too, I, I agree. Let's celebrate the life. But give me a chance to grieve. Give me a chance to, to weep. To say that that life was important. A lot of times when you watch news in the West, it's it's all about like, it's a moment where you could grieve but we're going to make sure that you end up on your feet happy because the next moment that you're going to see is about you know this incredible story of a of a of a team winning and a football team making making millions of dollars football player making millions of dollars and <laughs> don't think about the people in poverty because this man is making five million dollars every game he plays you know you're supposed to feel bad for him because something bad happened he wasn't able to negotiate his contract or something that's news that's news anthropocene the day that humans humans started influencing their environment in a sense that's how we get our news right it's the influence of 
what we have done to our environment. Now let's try to think about how we can influence our environment, our world, for the better. And there's only one way. It's actually doing. And so to go back to the very, very beginning of our show when we talked about, you know, what are we doing all these things for? So you get the information about what's going on in Artsakh. Okay, you feel good. Now what? What are you going to do? Are you going to write a check? Okay. Is that enough? I'll, t- I'll tell you it isn't. <laughs> they do a telethon. They used to be a very big thing on Thanksgiving weekend. I think the most they ever raised was something like $30 million. That's a big money. That's a big chunk of change. I wouldn't mind having $30 million. But that's the point. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having it. But you're talking about a country. You're talking about a country that needs roads, that needs infrastructure. $30 million. I mean, especially today. Look around you. You could com- compute $30 million in your head. What you would do with it, you could just look down the block and see it. It's sad. It's an apples and orange world. And I think we fool ourselves when we start thinking that, oh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to talk. I'm going to write a letter to my congressman. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go and protest. I'm going to put my name on a list. Yeah, you want to protest, you need to go out there to Baku and protest. You want to protest, you need to go to Ankara and protest. You can't just be sitting around and saying, let me go sign a letter. Because that's all it is. It's a letter. Okay, you did your bit. Do you feel good now? Meanwhile, there's kids. There's people that are struggling. I wish there was a way that we could reach out to them. But I'm telling you a way that we can right now. And that's by reaching out and doing something about the situation that you do have control over. And there's so much around you. There's so much around you. Wouldn't it be beautiful if one day people looked and said, oh, those are the Armenian people. These are the first Christian people that live out their Christian faith. And it's horrible what's going on to them. We need to do something about them. Instead of us looking around and hoping that Russia or the United States, or even better, that Israel, Israel is going to come to our, they could care less about it. Israel's enemy is our best friend in our whole area, in our whole area. The only people we get along with a little bit is the Iranians. They're right down the street from us. They We share a border with them. That's it. Think about it. Think about it for a moment. And think about what I've been saying. You have an opportunity to walk in the shoes of others every single day. That's the invitation that we have as Christians to walk in the shoes, to understand people, and in so understanding, to develop that love for even your enemy, to understand what's going on. This is one of many, many parts. If this is your first time listening to The Next Step, don't stop here. (laughs) We talk about these things every week, and it's part of that evolutionary cycle. So this is it for this week. Here's Susie to make her announcement. I'll be back in a couple moments, okay? Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you 
that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Susie. And thank you. That had changed that in, in uh, what is it? iTunes has now become Apple Podcasts. Yeah, well, time for a change. Anyway, uh, yes, we are all over the place. And do check out our daily shows, which come out on Spotify and Pandora. It's called Armadoxy Today. And it, it's about life today. <laughs> this, I mean, it is a fun one. It's challenging, but it is a fun one to put together. And I hope you enjoy it. We are also on um, social media, on Facebook, Instagram. Been there for years. But uh, we're getting some new pushes lately uh, because of the programming that we have. So I hope you're taking advantage of all the places that you could find us. And most importantly, please share those links. Please tell people about them. Let them know about the next step. Let them know about the daily messages. It's all featured at... Listen, if you can't remember any of these places, remember the name. Epostle. That's Apostle with an E. Epostle. The E is for electronic... It's apostolic evangelism for an electronic and, you know, an expanding universe. Yeah, talking about Galileo, Copernicus. Yeah, we're all part of that expansion. <laughs> anyway, um, get ready for August coming up. A couple more days. we got August. We've got a great blessing. I'm going to be out in at the St. Godabed Church for great blessing and the assumption of the Blessed Virgin so if you happen to be out that way making plans it's a hot one but do join us that does it for today's show I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed putting it together mostly because it's we're trying to really keep our prayers alive by that I mean it's not just that we're going to pray God do something about it but God show me what I can do about this horrific situation that's taking place in our time and it's not about just signing letters. It's about doing something. We have that opportunity to do it. I leave you with those thoughts today. Um, do check us out again at epostle.net. On behalf of my producer Susie and myself, this is Father Boskin. Looking forward to taking the next step with you again next week. And now here's the fine print.
The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and projection crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience not valid with any other offer vpostle.net apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanded universe i forgot to ask you if uh you you're seeing the same sky as we are